Thanks for listening to the Vertical Student Ministries podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by what you hear. Series titled what? How many of you guys are going to be sad when this series is over? I'm like, can we just do this all year long? Like, can we just have those flags up there because they look awesome and the patches and it's just great. Uh, but this is the last month of this series. Oh, you guys are supposed to, that's when you go, aw. Hold on, let's try again, let's try again, here we go. This is the last month of this series. There we go, that was better, that was better. Uh, so the, this past month we talked about take the land, together we stand. We talked about what it meant to fight together. That if we're going to change culture, if we're going to take this land and take this city for Jesus, then we have to do it together. We talked about the importance of small groups and being in community with one another and, and coming here on a Wednesday night and meeting new people and going back out into the community and actually changing culture. But that community aspect here at the church is very important. Those small groups are very important because that's where you get uplifted. That's where people can pray for you. That's where you build deep relationships. And those deep relationships are what's going to change a culture. We talked about last week that in order to change culture, we have to do what culture can't do, which is stand united. If the church can stand united despite our race, despite our gender, despite our backgrounds or the families that we're from, regardless of what school we go to, if we can come together and say we're going to stand united for this city because we believe that Jesus is going to change this city and we're going to stand together, we're going to stand united and we do what culture can't do, that's when we begin to change culture, and that's when we begin to have an impact on culture. Our verse for last month was Romans 12:2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Everyone say perfect. It was all about doing it together. Well, this month is take the land together we reach. Everyone say reach. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say reach. reach. Take this land together we reach. Let me pray, and then we're going to get into the message tonight. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. You are incredible. You are amazing. Lord, we know that when you are on our side that nothing is impossible for us that we can do all things through you who gives us strength, and we thank you for that. God, I pray that my speaking and my message tonight would not be with persuasive words of wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that our faith in this room would not rest on the wisdom of man, but on the power of God, that you would be here and that you would speak through me. We love you in your name. Amen. Amen. So this month, we're going to talk about what it means to occupy the land. Occupy. Everyone say, Occupy. Come on, again, say it like you mean it. Say, occupy. occupy. There we go. What it means to occupy the land. The definition of occupy is to take or fill. To take or fill the land is to occupy the land. We've been going through this story of the Israelites, and as they have left slavery and they're going into this promised land, there was a journey, this land that God had promised them. But they were told that they were going to take that land, that that was their land. And we've been going this past month of, of what that looks like as they've been in the wilderness and in the desert and as they've gone. And they sent out 12 spies. 
And only two of the spies came back and said, yeah, we can take the land. Like, we can actually do this. The rest of the spies allowed what the land looked like. They allowed culture to deflate their passion for Jesus. They went into the land and they said, yes, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's awesome. It's everything that God promised. But the armies are too strong. The people are too big. And there's no way that we can take this land. Ten of the twelve came back and said, we can't do it. Because when they looked at the culture of that land, they became discouraged. But two of them came back and said, no, we can do this. We can conquer this land. We can take this land because this is the land that God has promised us. It doesn't matter if we're outnumbered. It doesn't matter if it looks like there's no possible way that we can win. God has promised this land to us, and we're going to take this land. Two spies came back with confidence in Jesus. Numbers 13.30, Caleb, who was one of the spies that came back and said, we can take the land. It says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy. Everyone say occupy. Come on, say it like you mean it. Occupy. That was bad. Hold on. We all started differently. Count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Occupy. And occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. He used the word occupy there, I believe, very intentionally, because what occupy means is to take or fill, to fill the entire land. That we're called to not just conquer the land, but occupy the land. That we're called to take every single street in Grand Rapids for Jesus Christ. That we're called to take every single campus in Grand Rapids for Jesus Christ. That we are literally called to occupy the land, to fill the land. It's not enough just to conquer it. They didn't go into the land and conquer the land and then live in a little corner of the land in fear of what that culture was going to do to them. They didn't go and have the battle and, and, and get the promised land and say, yes, we've got it, we've won, we've conquered it, and now we're going to live in this little corner where nobody will ever mess with us again, and we're not going to take full advantage of the land. No, that's not what they were called to do. They were called to what? They were called to occupy the land, to take every part of it to occupy the entire city, to occupy all streets. They were called to take every ounce of the land, every part of the land. If we don't occupy the land, somebody else will. If we don't occupy the land, somebody else will. And that's the result of our culture today is somebody else has occupied the land that belongs to us. Somebody else has come in, culture has come in and began to occupy the land that belongs to Jesus. Because if you don't occupy it, if you don't occupy your school campuses, if you don't occupy your workplaces or your friends, somebody else will. And that somebody else is the devil. He's the enemy and he's going to come in and he will love to occupy what we don't take up. And that's the result that we see in America today to where the enemy has occupied our nation. And what we're seeing time and time, and time again, shootings and killings and massacres, is the result of Christians not occupying the land. 
because if we don't occupy it, somebody else will. This is prime real estate. This is prime real estate. This isn't a piece of land that nobody wants that's going to take 10 years to sell. This is like the moment it goes on the market, boom, somebody has already come in with an offer to occupy it. And if we don't do it, if you and I don't do our part, then somebody else will come in and begin to occupy. You see, it's not just some schools that need to be occupied. It's not just the Christian schools or the charter schools or the public schools or, or homeschool building or whatever it is, wherever you are, every single area of this city needs to be occupied by a Christian who is changing culture. Every single part. Every area, every workplace, every environment needs to have a Christian who is planted there that is changing culture. And that's how we'll occupy this city. Because as I said, it's not just enough to conquer a land and to get excited and say, yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. It's not enough just to take the land, and not, not enough just to conquer the land. We actually have to occupy it. To where every single one of your school campuses, there's somebody on there, there's a group of you on there who is ready to change culture. There's a group of you on there who says, I'm not going to just sit back any longer. I'm actually going to occupy this land. I'm not just going to take up space. I'm not just going to be there, but I'm going to occupy and I'm going to influence culture. That's the whole point of following Jesus whole point of following Jesus and to say we're, we're Christians is to occupy the land. Like it doesn't do any good to say we're Christians and then just come to Wednesday night. Wednesday night service is awesome. It's incredible. We want you here. We love when you guys are here. But if it stops right here, then it doesn't do any good. The whole point of Christianity is to occupy where God has planted us, occupy our cities, occupy our streets, occupy our families and our schools and our environments to where we say we're not going to allow culture to change us, but we're going to change culture. That's the whole purpose of Christianity, Matthew 5, 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's the whole point. We can't miss the point of Christianity. The point of Christianity is not just a get out of hell free card. It doesn't mean, man, we just get to go to church on Wednesdays and it's going to be awesome and it's going to feel good and we're going to clap our hands and say, Jesus, I love you. Right? Like that's pointless. Unless we actually begin to apply that to our lives, and actually, we actually have to take it onto our campuses, we have to take it to the realm that God has given us, the influence that we have, because every single person, every single one of you has influence. Every single one of you, there's, if it's one friend, if it's two, if it's three, if it's a school, if it's a football team, a basketball team, if it's your band, whatever it is, you have influence. And God has given you that influence. And not just to sit by and let it go, but to actually occupy it. And actually begin to say, no, we're going to change culture. It's not enough just on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. But we're going to go back out into the city and change culture and take this land for Jesus. 
You are where you are because Jesus has placed you there on purpose. The family you were born into is not a mistake. The school that you're going to is not a mistake. The place that you work is not a mistake. Jesus is very intentional, and he's placed you in those areas. He's placed you with those friends and that friend group that you have so that you can begin to occupy, so that you can begin to actually change culture and make a difference on your campus and everywhere you go. So how do we do this? What does this actually look like practically? What does it mean to occupy our city? What does it mean to actually take this land and to occupy? What does that actually look like? Well, the first thing that we have to do is you have to own your influence. Everyone say influence. You have to own your influence. Everyone has a different sphere of influence. I just talked about this. Everyone has a different realm that God has placed them. And you have to own that. You have to take ownership that this is where God has placed me. These aren't just friends by accident, but God has actually placed me here for such a time as this. That he's actually given me influence to use to change culture and to take this land. But you actually have to begin to own that and to believe that for your life. That the influence that you have on a sports team that you're a part of or a band squad that you're in. Anyone remember that? Band squad? Woo! Come on, right here. You actually have to begin to own that influence to take that and say, how can I use this to change culture? Like, what, is, what does it look like? And it's all different, and it's all different on purpose. Because if we all did the same thing, that would be the equivalent to going back to conquering a city and then going and only living on one little portion of the city. If we all did the same thing, we wouldn't have an impact on culture. But we all have different talents, different giftings, different abilities, different influences, because God has done that. Because when we all begin to occupy, that's when we can take a land. That's when culture is actually changed, is when we come together and we begin to occupy in our different areas, our different realms of influence. Because here's the reality, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what's carrying it, the thing that matters is the name that you are carrying. Okay, the thing that matters is the name, it's like a package, how many of you guys love shopping online, getting packages in the mail, isn't that like the best feeling when you get a package with your name on it? Like, the, the unexpected ones are even better, like a gift from grandma for our birthday. Like, that is just like, <laughs> right? You just get so excited. Like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I got a package in the mail, and it's awesome. And you guys know, like, you can track those now. That thing, like, the tracking is from the devil, okay? Because it's awful. Because you get your package, you order it, and like you just ordered it that day, but that night you go on and see, oh, what's going on with my package? It's like it's not going anywhere, like you just ordered it that day, right? But like you just go on, you check it, and then like in transit is like what the thing is, and I'm like, I hate that word, like that word is awful. Because I want my package here right now. You go on every day, you check it, you check it, you check it, but how do you know it doesn't matter who delivers your package? Right? Like, I don't care who delivers it. I just want the package. 
I don't care if it's Google, if it's UPS, if it's FedEx. I don't care who it is, if it's the Postal Service. As long as my package gets to my front door and there's nothing broken and it's safe and I get to look at my package and it says my name on it and I get to open it up and see what's inside because I know what's inside because I ordered it. But anyways, it's still like a surprise. You're like, oh, is this the package I ordered? Maybe it's not. Right? Like we, we do that and we open it up. Like, okay, yeah, it is. Yeah, great. But I don't care how it gets there. The point is that it gets there. Right? And that's the same with you and I. Like when we carry the name of Jesus, how it gets delivered doesn't really matter. As long as we're carrying the name of Jesus. A lot of times we like to think, oh man, pastors, they have it all together. They're the only ones that can, that can spread the name of Jesus, that can spread the gospel. They're more spiritual than everybody else. When in reality, I'm just the delivery boy. Right? I'm just, I'm just a little delivery guy delivering the package that everybody wants. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you're a school bus driver, if you're a teacher, if you're a lawyer, whatever you're doing in life, if you're still delivering the package of Jesus, that's all that matters. But you have to begin to say, okay, I'm okay. I have to own the influence that God has given me. Because a lot of times you say, man, I wish I was like that. Or, man, I wish it was that way. Or, why don't I look like that? When in reality, God has given you a very special task. He's given you a gift and an ability that you have to own. Every single one of you in this room, I don't care what teachers have told you. I don't care maybe what even parents have told you or loved ones have told you. You were created for a purpose. Every single person in this room has a purpose and a destiny for your life. But you have to begin to own that. You have to begin to walk out in whatever that looks like, whatever realm God places you in. If it's a car salesman, if it's a doctor, whatever it is, as long as you carry the package of Jesus, that's the only thing that matters. And that's how we occupy. That's how we occupy in hospitals. Because guess what? I'll probably never be able to occupy in a hospital. Because that's not my realm of influence. I'll probably never be able to occupy on a school bus because that's not my realm of influence. I'll probably never be able to occupy in a courtroom because that's not my realm of influence. But if I can occupy where I'm at, and if we all do that collectively, we begin to change culture. We begin to have an impact on this culture. I want to look at a few people that have done this in their life. Nelson Mandela, you guys know that name? Yeah? If you know that name, raise your hand. I want to, like, test. Okay, good. Schools are teaching. That's awesome. I was like, man, I don't know if they're actually going to know this name. But I'm just going to throw it out there. So Nelson Mandela was sentenced to prison for 27 years. Right? 27 years to life. He got out at 27 years. And after he got out of prison, he became the president of South Africa. Like a crazy story. Crazy story. He was wrongfully accused and all this, this other stuff. And he's in prison for 27 years. How many of you guys would just be like, okay, I'm done, right? Like 20, maybe like half a year you can, okay, like I'll go in for six months. But 27 years, like that's crazy. He's in prison, wrongfully accused for 27 years. And guess what he does? He takes that prison cell and turns it into a pulpit. Yeah. 
And they said that they would have to move guards from his section of where his prison cell was because every time a guard would come over and be uh, stationed where his prison cell was, that guard would end up being saved. Every single time. Nelson Mandela said, I'm going to, I'm going to occupy where God placed me. I'm going to occupy where God placed me. Yes, it's a prison cell. Yes, maybe I don't want this or I didn't choose it. Are we good back there, clappers? Clappies or claps a lot? Right? He took a prison and turned it into a pulpit. We look at Rosa Parks. She took a bus and turned it into a breakthrough. You see, it doesn't matter how it's delivered. As long as it's delivered is all that matters. Billy Graham took a stadium and turned it into a sanctuary. Martin Luther King Jr. took a march and turned it into a movement. It doesn't matter where your influence is as long as you deliver the package of Jesus. Steph Curry, a basketball court into a platform. Kiera Sullivan, a classroom into an opportunity. A classroom into an opportunity. Charles Time took a school into a mission field. A school into a mission field. What is your realm of influence? What can you use for Jesus? Because the package, how it gets delivered doesn't matter. The thing that matters is that Jesus is the one that's getting delivered. What is your influence? I want you to think about that. What is your influence? Who has God placed in your life? At the end of the month, we have our outreach, where it's totally going to be like a salvation message, where friends that don't know Jesus, this is the time to bring them, and they're going to get to know Jesus. It's going to be set up differently than any outreach that you've ever seen. There's going to be no worship on this night. There's going to be no message. It's going to be awesome, and you guys want to be here. The salvation message will be presented, but not through normal preaching like you normally see. And we want you guys to use this opportunity to think about who are three people that I can invite to that night. Next week in our small groups, we're going to have invite cards and posters that you can put on your campuses and I don't want you just to invite three random people. I want you to pray about it. God, who do you actually want me to invite to this awake night? Who do you want me to bring? We have all the cool stuff of free food and a $300 shopping spree to Tanger giveaway for free. Like it's going to be awesome and amazing. But really the purpose of that night is to get people in the doors that don't know Jesus. Who is your influence? Who can you invite? Who are your three what can you do to change culture? What can you do to have an impact on where God has planted you if the worship team can come back up? So the first thing is you have to own your influence. The second thing that you have to do is you have to own your gifting. Everyone say gifting. 1 Corinthians 12, 5 through 6 says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So this goes right hand in hand of what we were just talking about, of own your influence and then own your gifting. Be confident in what God has gifted you in because we all have different callings. We all have different talents and abilities. How many of you know that I can't sing if my life depended on it? 
All right? Like, I'm just glad that by the time it gets to heaven, it gets filtered through the clouds, and the angels can worship with me. Because otherwise, if you stand by me and worship, you know that ain't my gifting. Right? But that's Pastor Drew's gifting. When he sings, I feel like the heavens open up. Right? Like, the he- like it doesn't even have to go up to the heavens because the heavens come down here. All right? Like, that's his gifting. That's his talent. That's his ability. And if I was so stuck on, man, I wish I was like that. I wish I could sing like that. Like, that is the voice of an angel. Like, man, that would be great. You do it again. I see you move. You move the mountains. Yeah, come on. If I was so stuck on that's how I want to be used, then I would never be used where God's called me to be used. You have to be okay with the giftings and the abilities and the talents that God has given you. Because they're different for every single one of us. But we have to be confident in that. We have to be okay with that. Because, again, the only way we're going to occupy is when we all occupy differently. We can't occupy, we can't take all streets if we're all trying to do the same thing. We can't take all avenues and all environments and all school campuses if we're all trying to do the same thing. We have to be okay with the giftings that God has given us. Because here's the reality, when you put all of those giftings together, that's what makes up the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ is flourishing and when it's acting how it's supposed to act, how God intended it, that's when culture is changed. Is when I don't care what culture looks like, I'm not going to try to be like culture, I'm not going to try to act like culture, I'm going to be confident in what God has called me to do. I'm going to be confident in the giftings and the talents and the abilities. Yeah, it may look different than my friends. It may look different than everybody else. But God has given me this gift on purpose. He's intentionally placed it in me when he created me, when he knit me together in my mother's womb. He gave me these gifts and these talents and these abilities so that I can have an impact on culture. Not so that I can compare myself to everybody else so that I can be confident in what God has given me. And and here's here's the reality is, is you can do cool things on your own, right? Like you can make a little bit of noise on your own. But how how many of you know we don't want to just make a little bit of noise, right? We don't want to just do it on our own. As we talked about last month, we're here to do it together. Watch this. I want you guys to do this with me. Everyone take one finger. Take your other hand and go like this. Okay, now take two fingers. Do the same thing. See, it's getting louder. Come on, let's do three fingers. Ready? Four fingers. Here we go. Five fingers. Let's just clap. You see the difference of when we all come together. We begin to make a noise and a sounding culture that they can't deny. We begin to change culture and there's, there's no way that they can say that's not Jesus because of what Jesus is doing in our lives. Hey, how is that junior higher so confident in who they are? Hey, how are they so okay with being an influence on their campus? They don't care what anybody thinks about them. 
They're not trying to fit in or be popular. They're trying to change this city for Jesus. You begin to stand out and you make a noise that culture can't deny. But it's only when we come together with our different giftings, with our different influences, that's the only way we can actually begin to occupy. Everyone say occupy. We see a story like this in the Bible with the disciples. It's just a perfect picture of, of, of what this looks like. You see, when Jesus went on trial and went and died on the cross, you have these, these disciples. There was 12 of them, but one of them went off and, and committed suicide because he was depressed because he was the one that gave Jesus away. So you have these 11 disciples. When Jesus goes and, and dies on the cross and they scatter, they spread out, and they run in fear because they said, man, if, if, they, if they associate us with Jesus, and they're going to kill us too, and I don't want to die. So they went and, and they spread out. Mark 14, 50 says, Then all his disciples deserted him and fled. All his disciples left him. They fled. They were scared. They weren't confident in what God called them to be. They didn't want to occupy the land. They just went in their home. They just went to church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And they lived a life based off fear because culture seemed too big. Culture seemed too loud. And there's no way that we can actually change culture. There's no way we can have an impact on our school campuses. And they went and they began to hide out of fear, saying there's no way we can do this. You see, a pretty cool thing happened once Jesus rose from the dead and he came back and he said, hey, guess what? Death can't hold me. Hey, guess what? You don't have to live in fear any longer. He went and he revealed himself to Mary and then Mary went and, and gathered all the disciples and they went into this room and they waited for Jesus to come to this room to see if he was really resurrected. He comes and he reveals himself to them and they're like, okay, what are we supposed to do now? Now that we know you're here, now that we know we have all authority, all power, that no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Jesus, that everywhere I go, you go with me, that you aren't in the grave any longer, but you are by my side as we go to change culture and to change this city. What do we do? What does this look like? Like, how are we supposed to live this life? And we see in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus responds to this question of what are we to do? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go and occupy this land. Go and occupy every street corner, every school, every campus, every work environment. Go and occupy. Go and make disciples said go and change culture he didn't say go and, and and hide again go back to your hole where you were hiding before based off fear because I'm going back up to heaven he said no go and change culture go and occupy go and make disciples you see, we see this, this crazy shift that takes place in the disciples' life to where one moment they're hiding in fear and the next they're ready to die for the name of Jesus. You know, every single disciple was actually crucified and murdered for the name of Jesus except for one, John. He was the only one that wasn't like brutally killed and they tried, like they, they tried. He just survived. 
every single one of them was willing to lay their life down for Jesus. So what happened? What shifted from hiding in fear to changing culture? What took place in that middle ground from, from running scared and taking the land? What was that deciding factor? Luke 24, 49. Jesus says to them, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. That power from on high is the Holy Spirit that is here today with each and every one of you. It's the Holy Spirit that comes in our life and begins to give us confidence and motivation. Some of you maybe have been sitting in here the past month. You're like, man, this has been cool. I've got the patch. i got the gear. The stage looks awesome. But there's not really a passion or an excitement there. That passion and that excitement comes from the Holy Spirit. That passion and that excitement, that fire that just burns within you that says there's no way. There's no way that I'm going to give this land to the enemy any longer. There's no way that I'm just going to stand by and let my school and my friends go to hell one day after the next day after the next day. I'm actually going to make an impact. I'm actually going to change culture. The only thing that was different was the Holy Spirit came inside the disciples, empowered them, gave them confidence. And here's the cool thing. When you look at the disciples and, and once the Holy Spirit came and they left that place, they didn't all go out together and let's say, let's all go change culture over here with the same giftings, the same talents, the same abilities, the same influence. No, they all went different directions because they all had a different calling and a different gifting. Some were called to the Jews. Some were called to the Gentiles. Some were called to plant churches. Some were called to, to preach in the synagogues. It was a different calling. And as they went out and they began to split is when culture was occupied, is when an entire nation was changed for Jesus. It's when disciples said, man, I'm ready to lay down my life because nothing else in this world matters but Jesus. Nothing else in this life matters but Jesus. That excitement, that passion, that fire came from the Holy Spirit. There's no way that we can reach culture. There's no way that we can take this land. There's no way that we can occupy, that we can defend, and that we can conquer if we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. If it's not the Holy Spirit coming in and giving us ideas, hey, what if I start a campus club? That idea is birthed from the Holy Spirit. Hey, what if I go sit with this person at lunch? That idea is birthed from the Holy Spirit. Hey, what if I invite this friend to church tonight? That idea is birthed from the Holy Spirit. The confidence that you need to take this land and to change culture comes from the Holy Spirit. And we won't be able to do it unless we're empowered unless we're empowered from this gift from on high, which is the Holy Spirit. Would you guys? Thanks again for taking time to grow as leaders. We are looking forward as we continue to build our culture in student ministries.